Got Your Back Podstream is brought to you by Kinprint. For all your company's promotional needs, they do it all. Apparel, promotional products using the highest quality brands. They do logo design, signage, and printing. Kinprint will promote your brand with excellence. Visit kinprint.ca. Sunday night to you, Oilers fans. Welcome to Got Your Back, live stream post-game edition. Oilers with a convincing win. They're second in a row, 8-2 over the Anaheim Ducks. Jason Strudwick standing by to break it all down. As always, Got Your Back, brought to you by our great title sponsor, Sherwood Buick GMC. And man, did they ever have a great event this weekend. They're Black Friday and Black Tie events. Look at the staff all dressed up sharp. It was a great turnout. They know how to do it right over at Sherwood Buick GMC. By the way, mention that the guys that got your back sent you when you head over there and you'll receive specialized pricing. You'll also get three free ultimate detail packages on new or used vehicles as well. Visit Phil and the crew here in Sherwood Park or online. Check them out at www.gmcpod.com. That is Sherwood Buick GMC. We've got an event coming up later this week. We'll be at long shots. Looking forward to it. Post game. I think Thursday night, Struds and I will be down there. Come on out. Watch the game. We'll be hanging around and talk some hockey and then shooting a post game podcast as well. As we say good evening to uh, Struddy. How was the weekend, buddy? It was actually pretty quiet. Um, yeah, I, I had a nap. Uh, <laughs> I had a nap. Just Yeah, not... Not that that's the top of my list, but yeah, it was well, that was the top me. of your list. It's the first yeah. thing you said, so apparently it's the top of your list. Yeah, it was good. You know, well, like I, I love doing post game pods, but reality is, like most mornings, I'm up by six and out the yeah. door and on the ice at six thirty or seven. So, I not like I don't have a job. I'm not saving lives, uh, entertaining maybe, but not necessarily saving lives. So I get it, but it's it it does kind of catch up to you. So by the end of the week, I'm like. Phew. Man, this guy needs a nap. And so I said, oh, like 20 minutes. It's not like I'm sleeping for two hours. You had a 20-minute nap, and that was notable enough for you to mention it tonight? That's all I need. I, I remember the grade six teacher who told me that all, all you need is like a 10, 20-minute nap. And I was like, she's nuts. And now I'm like, she was right. She was 100% right. That's the stage yeah. I'm in. Yeah, well, I've I've been a little laid up, buddy. Uh, something has oh. happened with my knee. Now, I mean, the gout suggestions go. are going to start coming in here on the stream. But, like, I've spent the last two days basically on the couch. I, I don't even know what happened, Struds. My knee just blew up. It's on, like, the outside of my right kneecap. It is mm -hmm. so – I can't put any pressure on it. I went and saw our good buddy uh, Tyler Fix, and he's got me heading down the right path. Buddy, It's it's just been messy. Yeah. Well, the elliptical – you know, if I had a dollar for every time someone told me I have an injury, working out really hard on the elliptical, mm. I think you got to find another way of working I out, know. but he's staying fit. I know. It's I need too, to go too easy high of impact. Stuff. Too high of impact yeah. on that elliptical. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. What's next, sure. Ryan? The trapeze? Maybe. I know. Well, anyways, I'm going to go see Tyler again on Tuesday, and hopefully we'll get it sorted yes. out. But it's been uh, kind of a weird couple of days, but... Happy to be doing a post-game podcast tonight. Let's get to breaking down a pretty good game uh, by the Edmonton Oilers. A breakdown will be brought to you by Mr. Dirk, the iconic men's clothing store here in Edmonton, founded in 1939. 
If you haven't been, you definitely have to go check it out. It's just off White Avenue and 102nd Street. they got a fantastic showroom, but the clothing selection they have is off the charts. Beautiful suits and pants, sweaters, and Struddy loves the turtlenecks. We had him in there one day, couldn't keep his hands off the turtlenecks. Uh, they got great uh, casual wear as well. Go see Sterling and Dan and the amazing crew. You can check out everything they have online as well at mrdirk.com. Struds, uh, I want to get your headline thought on the game, but I'll just quickly give you uh, my, what I was thinking in that first period. For the first time this season that I can recall, the Edmonton Oilers bailed out their goalie. The Edmonton Oilers sensed their goalie was having a tough night, and they went out and gave him some run support. The Oilers gave Stuart Skinner time to find his game. That's the way it's supposed to work sometimes. I think that's a great place to start. You know, that's that's exactly what happened. He, you know, the first goal, I'm not sure that was totally defend. You know, he, he, it's on him. But the second goal, he actually moved his pad out of the way. And the puck went underneath it. I didn't love the way Vinny Darnay played that puck inside in front of him, but still, that's a very saveable puck, and that's something is is uh, he's got to do for his teammates. It almost looked like he went down a little early and then double punched, like he was going to get back up. The one that mm -hmm. slid under his pad was that the first one or the second one? Second, Set yeah. The first it, one was kind of backdoor, Sally. Right, right. Yeah, he just he just seemed a little unsure of himself. And then he's okay. he's bobbling pucks that are getting lobbed in. He's having him, you know, get past him and off the post like. That was really messy for Stuart Skinner. And I'm sure everyone in the building and everyone watching was like, oh, my goodness, right? Coming off the shutouts. Uh, <laughs> but the team did a good job. And, and Struds, the offensive confidence that was lacking for so much of the year. And let's be clear, this Anaheim team is a depleted team. Like, that is not – they're not throwing a lot at you. But still, for the Oilers to go get it back the way they did was meaningful to me. Well, I, I let's put it in context. So the Capitals have been a very, very hot team heading into that game. Nine, one, and one, yeah, yeah. So that was a really hot team. So if the Oilers had lost that game, let's say five nothing, then you know beat these guys up like they did. You know, like okay, well, you know what's really going on here? They they now beat a really good team, in in or a team that's playing well in the Capitals, and then today they beat up a team that is really young, like their decor. You look at it, it is young, man. Yeah, um, there's a lot of youth in that in that group, and that's. Not usually a recipe for playing against high-end talent uh, on the other side. So, you know, what I really liked about the game is they get scored on and bang, the answer right away. You know, right back with Kane gets that goal. And Connor Brown, you know, thankfully gets his first point. I hope that kind of gets his his wheels greased a little bit. Um, and then they get scored on again, and they come back again, and then they come back again, and come back again. So a lot of good things there uh, to kind of show resilience and I think early in the season, we might have seen them kind of fold their tent and look like, okay, something's bad going to happen. Uh, instead, like, hey, let's go get this back. Let's go get this back. And they and they did. So a lot to like. I mean, after the first period, the game was basically over. But that you, you really like that first period by the Oilers and the resiliency they showed. And then kind of giving their goalie saying, hey, man, we got you. You've done it before. We got you tonight. We'll take lots of questions off the stream in our Ask Us Anything segment. We're going to pick one off along the way here. Uh, where is it? Ba, 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 ba. Uh, Neil Garrity was the one that caught my eye because it's what I want to talk about next. Neil says, Nurse looked like a number one D-man tonight. Struts, this is, man, when Darnell Nurse plays this way, and again, we'll keep the competition in mind, confidence, confidence moving it. I mean, what did you see from Nurse tonight? Well, I've talked about his game before, and he, he is a great skater, and he's got, you know, he moves around the ice well. He's physical, moving the puck, and 
good stick, but he is at his best when he moves the puck up. I don't believe he has to carry the puck all the way up the ice all the time to be effective. I don't see him in that setup. I I look at Kale McCarr. I wanted that puck on his stick all the time. I don't care if it's behind his own net or behind the opposition net. With Darnell Nurse, I want him to pass the puck up as quick as he can and then support the rush. And today you can see the plays he made. He was snapping that way up the ice. Now, I think the defense for the Ducks was a little bit askew. And, uh, you know, especially the Nugent Hopkins one, like just right up the gut. That's a that's a tough one to, to swallow if you're the D coach for the Ducks. But still, Darnell was snapping that puck, making strong, hard, confident plays. Um, and that's when he's at his best. I, I He doesn't need to carry the puck. And he, I know he wants to because he wants to make a difference. He hits that blue line. He shouldn't have the puck on his stick. He should be getting it back, not giving it. Three assists, you know, three shots, five attempts. Had five block shots as well. Um, was all over the place. I'm surprised. I was just checking out the game sheet here. Despite the spread and the score, he still played 25-10 tonight. Yeah. Why did they play him that much? I think second power play. I'm, I'm going to credit the second power play for that, I right? I guess I'm, so. I mean, yeah. he must have had two minutes plus on the on the, on the power he had play. Two, uh, he had 230 shorthand. He had 334 on the yeah. on the power play. Yeah. So, yeah, so he's it's down around the 20... Off. 20 minute, right? Uh, what was he at even strength here? Just let me check real quick. Well, yeah, chatting. about 19, probably. Uh, Just 1906. Yeah, so yeah. that is actually pretty reasonable. Uh, yeah, real, real solid performance from Darnell Nurse tonight at both ends of the ice. Was a set play. Ryan Nugent Hopkins was asked by Jason Greger after the game if uh, if that was a set play or what happened there. As we go to the Weiss Johnson sound box, uh, here's Nugent Hopkins on Nurse. So that was all Nurse. He called it right before the faceoff, and I uh, just went to the spot, and he made a great pass. And uh, yeah, no, that definitely was all him. Here's Darnell himself. They came out and had a really good push. Uh, we were down two one. We weren't uh, deterred by it though, and, and just stuck to our game and were able to capitalize on the chances that we got. And I think that's uh, what's special about this group is that. Uh, we're a resilient group, but we got to continue to play the way that I think the, the standard that we know we can play at, um, and it's got to be every night. And a reminder that our sound box brought to you by Weiss Johnson Heating and Air Conditioning. Until December 1st, receive a complimentary duct cleaning when you buy a new furnace. This exclusive deal allows you to not only upgrade your heating system, but also improve the air quality in your home. Visit Weiss-Johnson.com. Okay, let's get to Connor McDavid. Here are the stats: one, four, and five tonight. He's got twelve points in his last four games, nine points in his last couple of games. Don't look now inside the top fifteen, I believe, in scoring. Uh, he's coming along here, Struds. Yeah, no, I, is he in top fifteen? I, I don't. Is he that far? Uh, I think I'll he's like check here. Some, it's I because I heard. So, sorry, I, I heard someone say maybe Maddie ask a question. Yeah. Go ahead and give, give us your thoughts on McDavid. I'll take a quick quick look. Yeah, so he's – I do think the conference was an issue for the, for him. Um, and, man, it, it seems true for a lot of guys, but when he's moving and and, and, and passing the puck hard and, and, got, and has got that additional little gear, that extra little speed, that's when he's really a handful to handle. Well, that's that's obviously goes without saying. And we've seen it the last couple games, maybe, you know, Carolina um, and then definitely in Washington and definitely tonight. And he's just skating like that. The play he made to Hyman where I believe – see, I don't actually think the play that Nurse made, that was a set play. I think it he called it unaudible there. I think the one that Connor McDavid scores and passes – or sorry, 
gets the pass to Hyman. I believe that's a set play. I think that's something they've looked at. Because mm-hmm. what happened is Connor wins a draw. He skated around the net to the other side. The, the puck got went from, I think it was Nurse to maybe Kulak over to Darren A. And then that just at that timing, uh, McDavid's coming up the ice. Boom, taps it to him. He comes around. Hyman opens up at the back door because they all think he's going to shoot and he goes back door. I believe that to be a, a talked about pregame play that they they hammered out because that's just it just doesn't happen that I, I think it'd be unlikely. So let's watch for that as we go through the rest of the season. But yeah, he he was busting tonight, man. So currently in 16th place in the scoring race. Yes. Um okay. so he's got 25 points, seven goals and 18 assists. Um 10 points out of the lead at the pace he's scoring at right now. Uh, 10 points out of the lead. Don't count Connor McDavid out. He can uh, throw together nine points in two games like nobody else. Pretty unreal uh, how good he was in this one. Um, special team strut, should we go there next? I think, you know, we've talked a lot about the power play lately, but why don't we start talking about this penalty kill? The Mark Stewart-led penalty kill. Listen to Chris Knobloch talking about uh, – the job that he's watched Stewart do, who, by the way, took this over when Knobloch got here. You know, obviously we put it on his plate. And for everything I've seen so far, and the meetings he's doing and what he's telling the guys is uh, phenomenal. And um, so, you know, there's many reasons. And I think uh, the job Stewie's doing is a big part of it. Ran really quick numbers. So, you know me and math. These may or may not be bang on. Uh, 90% since the coaching change, since Stewart has taken it over, 26 for 29. Their penalty kill, three for three, and I believe they're 13 for 13 in their last three games. What a huge swing for this team to be able to rely on this. This was something that we identified before the season. Like, this this PK has to be good. Now, let's get before all everything, all the this craziness has happened the last, whatever, month, month and a half. That was there where like we they have to bring this into the top half of the league. They were outside the top half of the league. And, you know, for whatever reason, it really wasn't clicking earlier in the year. Nothing really was. But, you know, I think they're starting to trying to get to find roles for guys, right? You know, you got Yanmark killing penalties. I believe Fogel was killing penalties tonight, if I was uh, correct. Mm-hmm. You've got, uh, you know, other guys like Connor Brown killing penalties. Uh, Ryan McLeod killing penalties. Uh, um, New Hopkins, so he's starting to get guys do it that maybe just assign them roles. And he didn't see as much Leon and Connor today. Now, that might have been a bit score reflective. We'll see what happens moving forward. But I like that. You need to give people roles on a team. I, I Brownie's talked about it. I've talked about it. Can't ask, hey, man, Shaga, we need you tonight uh, for those six even strength minutes. Four of them will be in the first period. Like, it just yeah. doesn't work, right? So I, I really, it, it feels like, and again, two kind of weird games, but it feels like uh, Knobloch is trying to get people, bring them into the game, get them going. And, uh, you know, even then the power play, obviously the score got away from them. But I like how much he's using that second power play unit because um, yeah. they look they look confident. Like, I, I think that looks like a pretty confident second power play group as well. Chris Knobloch here on McDavid and on what you just talked about, Struds. Great points by you. They're spreading those minutes around thanks to a couple of guys being injected here. I think a lot of things are happening. Right now, you can see the confidence in some of our players, and I think uh, McDavid's probably leading that um, with his point production and making plays. Um, But I think a lot of it is of our team. Uh, We're getting four lines that are playing really well. 
the insertion of Yanmark into our lineup has helped, um, taking away some penalty kill responsibilities from our top guys. And um, yeah, and Brown also. Brown and Yanmark have been a, a really good pair. Shane Matheson says the defense was supporting each other, passing the puck with authority. Forwards were a bit lazy, uh, but uh, still with... Uh, Sorry, I can't I can't figure out the rest of that. Anyways, yeah. overall Must better be quality in there. What's that, buddy? Yeah. Must be your knee acting up. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's affecting it's affecting my ability to focus and read. But just overall, kind of a better overall simplified game, hey? Like they're not they just they boiled it down to a game that seems like it has more of a chance of working night to night. Well, I love the way Hyman kind of talked about it in 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 the post game. He's saying that it's a simple game. And yep. a simple game means putting behind their players and, and making them, you know, defend from there. Usually when you put it behind their D-men, there's no chance of it being a turnover coming your way. So you get it behind them. Now you're playing there in that half-court offense. The Oilers, um, I want to say, especially in the first period, they were absolutely buzzing the offensive zone. Interchange of forwards and D, D and forwards, left to right, up and down, below the goal line to the top. Like, it was – it's so beautiful to watch, and I love that style of hockey. It's not, it's skilled. It's, it can be a heavy game. Um, there's a lot of things that they were doing right there. So I, I love it. But guys, I, I just want to go back quickly to the, pen, the penalty kill. Yep. I know it seems to be um, in style to play your top players on the penalty kill. I get that. But the, we've talked about this too, and I just want to address it. The cost to the rest of your lineup, there is a cost because they're not involved in the game. That's the cost there is. So you know, what's the trade-off for X number of shorthanded goals instead of maybe getting your third and fourth liners an extra two minutes a night yeah. or a minute a night, whatever it is. There's a trade-off there. And I think you have to figure out what works best for, for every team. But I know it doesn't work well having a third and fourth line that isn't involved in any kind of specialty teams. That's a killer. And I, I hope Chris's kind of knob block is working away from that to try to get going. Now, guys have to show up and do it right. Guys being like Brown or Fogel and all those guys, but that's that's when when your first two lines are buzzing, that's great. Now the third and fourth line are going and they're feeling because they're getting extra ice time. They can also contribute on the power play, or sorry, on five on five because of what they're getting. And I, I we got to be careful. What's the trade off? What's the trade off for? Yeah, what did they have last year in shorthanded goals? They had a ton. They did, and it, and I mean it helped. I like it when it's last 10 seconds and you throw them out there sure. you know if there's a whistle or something you can throw them out there last last pairing to go out because you know they're going to get a five on five shift against probably a third or a fourth line depending on who was out for the other team's power play so i don't mind it when it's really deep into the penalty kill like a buck 45 or later i don't mind it there at all but i agree with you struds they, they had guys taking regular shifts some skill guy high-end guys mcdavid dry saddle taking um <clears throat> some regular penalty killing shifts to kill off the bulk of it. And and I, I totally agree with you, man. More guys need to be given that opportunity. I think it's a great point. Uh, here's the Weiss Johnson soundbox. One more time, the captain. Uh, well, confidence, obviously a big part of it. Um, you know, I think our whole team is playing better and I think that's why you're seeing guys start to, to have success. Uh, you know, it's not just a, a light switch that, you know, one guy or two guys can, can, uh, can just turn on um you know it takes a whole group and i thought our group's been playing better of late and you're starting to see you guys have a little bit of success um and a little bit too is it just going in you know yeah it is going in and for dry how about him hitting that one timer i know it wasn't the sharpest angle 
but he buried it, no question about it, and that uh, that helps. <laughs> oh, make no mistake about it, man. You're missing uh, all those shots and not feeling it. Now he made that one look easy, right? And yeah. I, I, I wish you would have given a little more love to that. I know it was a little bit later in the game, but but you haven't hit that in a while, and uh, your your buddy ninety seven drops it right in your lap, and you bury it. So just it just gets it started, right? You just need to get that wheel spinning again. Yep. And now here we go again. The penalty kill looks good. They're moving it around. And they really look um, – now when teams are looking at the power play, they're like, okay, well, look where they scored from here. Look where they scored from here. They got Bouchard shooting from point. Now you kind of get an opposition's head because there's multiple threats going. Real solid overall game for the Oilers tonight. Uh, coming up in our takeaways segment, we're going to dig in on uh, the game coming up against the Vegas Golden Knights. How are you feeling about the Oilers, the way they're playing right now? This is a big test. We know this is the defending cup champions, a team that beat them last year. Is this a good time for the Oilers to be taking them on? Struds and I are going to dive into that matchup. We'll have our Ask Us Anything segment where we'll take your questions off the stream. Struddy's World, little preview, Struddy. What's the, uh, what do you got tonight? We're going to talk Jack Campbell. And Love it. People aren't going to like it. They're not going to like what I have to say, Shogger, because okay. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. You're tired of it already, and you haven't even said it yet. So looking forward to Struddy's World coming up. Tons more ahead on the podcast. Stick around. Hey, everyone. It's Kelly here from United Sport and Cycle. Christmas is just around the corner, and we've got everything you need for the athlete and sports fan on your list. With over 30 different sports under one roof, including hockey, bikes, ball, and our amazing fan shop, United is your one-stop shop for everything sport. Don't know what to buy? A United gift card is always a fan favorite. United Sport and Cycle, your Santa's workshop for over 95 years. If you're looking for a night out on the town and want to make sure you and your fellow fun lovers arrive safe and in style, call Ahmed Enterprises. With their stretch limos and party buses, they can accommodate groups up to 22. Servicing Edmonton and area, Ahmed Enterprises provides luxurious, reliable, professional transportation. Whether it be weddings, parties, casino nights, game night at the arena, or any occasion, give them a call at 780-231-6018 or check them out online at ahmedenterprise.com. Mention Got Your Back sent you to get 10% off your luxury ride. Long Shots Golf is the destination for both golf enthusiasts and sports fans. Top-of-the-line TrackMan simulators provide a highly entertaining and accurate golf experience, while a full-service sports bar loaded with big screens and scratch kitchen make it a truly unique destination. They have locations in Sherwood Park and Edmonton. Experience the best indoor golf and sports bar in town. Visit longshots.ca. That's longshots with a Z.ca. All right, time now for takeaways brought to you by Redefined Health. Are you a 46-year-old male in not great shape that suddenly woke up one day with your knee killing you? Well, give Dr. Tyler <laughs> a call because I'll tell you, they'll take fantastic care of you. Actually worked out really well. I had a chance to get down there. They were able to squeeze me in right away. Really cool office they have down there, Redefined Health. And uh, kind of a nice modern feel, open atmosphere, pretty cool. It was great to actually get a chance to meet Tyler and some of his staff, and they took great care of me. So recommend you go down there and check it out. If you got anything that's bugging you, you need a little bit of help, 
Give them a call. Visit them at redefinedhealth.com. I will be back there on Tuesday for my follow-up as Dr. Tyler Fix has taken on, well, a heck of a patient in me. Maybe I'll set him uh, to task on my back next, ready, once he gets my knee sorted out. Full body. You need a full, just say, just start at the bottom and work your way up. Yes. Start at the gout toe and work your way north. (laughs) Pretty good. uh, Pretty good comment on the stream here from Ridley Chen. He says, maybe those skinny jeans will help to keep the swelling down. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't worn them yet. They're still in my closet. I've not broke them out of the closet yet. Uh, too funny. Uh, okay, Struds. So for our takeaway segment here, let's talk about the Vegas Golden Knights. And, you know, what do you think of the timing of this game and the way that it sets up for the orders where their game is at and where Vegas is, maybe more importantly, where Vegas's game is at, right? Shut out in three of their last six games. Mm-hmm. Well, it's pretty clear that the, there's a three-horse race in this Pacific Division, right? You've got Vancouver, the Kings are an absolute fire. Then you got Vegas just hanging on just above both those teams. Um, and no one else has really stepped up. The Oilers would like to get in that conversation. Mm-hmm. The, the Oilers game, you know, two weeks ago, I, I'm not, and where Vegas's game was then, I, I'm not sure this would have been one that you're like, oh, we're looking forward to this one. But this group, uh, the Oilers have kind of, have, have seemed to have their game on track. They look a lot more confident. Um, there's reason to believe they're heading the right direction. And Vegas has kind of gone the other way. And and a big thing I don't think we can forget, um, you know, Shea Theodore is out. Yeah. Uh, the, the very dynamic um, offensive defenseman. And I believe he's been replaced by Nicholas Haig on that top pairing. And no disrespect to Nick Haig, he is not Shea Theodore, the way he moves a puck or anything. So that just kind of jams up everyone because it not only does it screw up your first pairing, it screws up your third pairing as well. So they're 14-5-2 and two on the season. As I said, you know, they've, they've been shut out in three of their last six games played. They've lost four of their last six. And on top of it, they have to play the Calgary Flames the night before uh, they head into Edmonton. So the owners have them in a, in a decent spot here. I mean, listening to some of the owners talk about it post-game, it was like, you know, they, 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 they recognize what it is, but they're so focused right now on just trying to put a few wins together that I'm not sure they can get too enamored with, with the opponent. But at the same time, this will be meaningful for those players, won't it? Well, it's not a clash of the top of the division. Like, yeah. let's be honest here. The Oilers are barely ahead of the San Jose Sharks in their division. So it's not like we can talk about this as being a clash of the Titans on a Tuesday night here in Edmonton, which a lot of people are hoping it was. But... Um, the orders can look at it. They need to get two points. They need to claw their way back into this fight. Um, but I don't think I don't I don't think anyone around the league is looking at this saying, oh man, look at these two Titans going at it. It's a it's a team that's struggling a bit with a team that's trying to prove it isn't a struggling or weak team. But if the Oilers beat Vegas, people are looking for a sign that Edmonton is back, right? That's what the hockey world is is waiting for. And maybe after that three-game winning streak, people thought that they were there, and then they went and did what they did. So if they can beat Vegas and and slay that demon, will that be a sign to you that they're more back than maybe we'd have thought after the last three-game winning streak? Yeah, because what in their last eight games, what are they, five out of eight, right? They got 10 points uh, out of 16, correct? Yep. Yeah, so not bad, but... Not the place they need to. They they are they are they are out of what I would call the muck 
in the Western Conference, like just got their head out of it, right? I believe that the jump, the maybe the Ducks next, and then they kind of get to that next tiers of wild card teams. They're not even in the conversation of making the playoffs legit. Like they're not even in that. So they're they're kind of out of that, or just a, or close to out of that junk heap. And now they got their eyes set on the guys that are in that in that wild card hunt. So um, they they. I think they're like, okay, we're seeing the right steps going forward if they win that game on Tuesday. But um, if they don't, doesn't mean they're out. If they do, it doesn't mean they're in either, right? Like it's not, they're not, they have not put themselves in a position to have the conversation of like, okay, well, we're, we're a Titan. You're not a Titan. You're trying to prove you are, but it's going to take months to prove you're a Titan in the standings. Yeah, for sure. Just, just talking about the standings here for a sec. Uh, just calling it up here and taking another peek. So Edmonton's got 15 points. That's six back of the Kraken in the second wild card spot. Um, and by the way, the Kraken have played two more games than the Oilers have played. Now there are a few teams in there to leapfrog for sure. But like as I read these teams to you, Struds, who who scares you over the next 45 games? Who scares you? Anaheim, Calgary, Arizona. Nashville, Seattle, St. Louis. Those are the teams that are currently in front of the Oilers. And, you know, as of right now, as I said, Seattle, that second wildcard spot is six points away. So, I mean, for how bad the Oilers have been, when I take a look at that and the opponents that are between them and where they want to go, is it just me or does that not seem as daunting as it probably should? Well, I think having the Oilers won five their last eight, I think it makes you feel a little bit better. Obviously, you know, like you're like, okay, they can, they can, they can, you know, make some ground up. Um, but you know, you, you just mentioned, I believe that when we kind of started, what was it, maybe two weeks ago, they're about seven points out of a, a, a playoff spot, and now they're six. So they made one point up. Like it's a, it's a hard grind because well, they were seven out, and then they lost. Uh, no, I think they were, what was it? They were eight out or something. And they won three in a row and they made up one point. Right. Right. But then they lost so three and now they've won a couple and they're, they're at six now. So it is yes. slow going, but it's only six. Well, you, you can make, I, I believe you can make a, at least a point up every, every two weeks. Right. I think it's reasonable, you know, unless you go on a tear of like 10 in a row. So for the orders, they've just got to just kind of look at the, well, look at their schedule and try to obviously just focus on the, the night. But overall, a big theme is just try to worry about the group in front of them. Try to catch the next guy. Try to t- catch the next Just ki- keep reeling guys in. Because the thought of getting into, like if they set their sights on saying, we're going to, we want to win the division, what are they like 14 points out or something? Like, oh, yeah. I think they'd be nuts if they started yeah. talking about that. Yeah. That's right. So you need to just focus on just the person in front of you. Try, And so they got two points back tonight. Yeah. That was absolutely huge, right? They need to get to the um, the Vegas would be good to get two points back against them now. Again, I th- let's I think we really got to be cautious about any kind of talk about anything about a a, a title a division. No, uh, no, no. Yeah, but, I'm not going there at all. I'm looking at that second wild card. Like, yeah, you're looking at the, and I think that's that's the goal right now. You're just one after the other. Just knock those teams off. Just Nashville, Minnesota. Oh no, Minnesota's behind them actually now. Um, you know, those, those groups, the, the ducks, Seattle, St. Louis, catch those teams and focus on that. Um, so that, that'd be my focus. Just guys, we've put ourselves in this position where we're playing better and they have a little bit of swagger now. They really do look like they're the team that we expect them to be, but 
you got to do it for more than bits and spurts, right? Of, of two or three games here. You need to see stretches of it. Comments here on the uh, YouTube mentions. Obelisk21 says, Money Puck, which ranks teams based purely on advanced analytics, still have Edmonton in ninth overall in the league. Bison Mask Guy says, I don't think there's much of a fallout that we are as much of a fallout as we all anticipated. Western Conference is still pretty wide open. There's ground to be made. Schedule is nice for the Oilers. Let's talk about that schedule quick. So they're home to Vegas. One quick little road trip to Winnipeg, but Strud's December. My goodness, they, what is this? A one, two, three, four, five, six game homestand spread out over a couple of weeks and lots of time at home. Just one little road trip nestled in there. So they've had a tough go on the road. No question they've had a tough go on the road. Is this a good thing to have this much time in the pressure cooker of Edmonton right now? I think when you're playing well, yeah, you want to be at home. You know, I think that's that's it. And you want to put on a show for your fans. Um so yeah, I think the timing's good. I, I think that it, it, they don't really have the luxury of choosing where they play well, right? Like I think I think they got to just try to play shift. That's a shift the right way. And and Zach Kyman positioned the team very well in just talking about we got to just play the right way, put it behind their team, make the make them make mistakes, and and just keep wearing teams down. And when you do that. Cuts down your own defensive zone mistakes because you're not in your own zone as much. But then people get offensive um, excitement and they want to be in that zone and they're pinching and they're moving around. So, yeah, like I, I like the way it sets up for them, but I, they're just in no position to be saying, "Well, this works well." There is that no one cares how you feel. Like I, I played I, I with Sam Gagne and I'll never forget it. He, one time we were playing and he's like, "How are you feeling?" He's like, "Um, it doesn't matter." I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Well, my dad." My dad was um, called me one time and said, you know, when I was a little bit younger, he'd say, no, Sammy, how do you feel? And he's like, uh, about to answer, he said, it doesn't matter how you feel. You got a game tonight. And I just love that answer, right? And that's how the Oilers have to approach this. Like, doesn't matter how you feel. Doesn't matter what's going on around you. You need to worry on your own, get your own house in order. And they're trying. And it seems like it is coming around, but get it done. Ask us anything is coming up here in a couple of segments. Zuby, there's some people asking what these two wins should mean to the trade discussion around the Oilers and Ken Holland's strategy. Let's make a note to revisit that in our Ask Us Anything segment. Okay, that was Takeaways brought to you by Dr. Tyler Fix and Redefined Health. All right, when we come back in our newest segment, Taking the World by Storm, uh, well, maybe that could be the name of the segment, Taking the World by Storm. No. Uh, two-point convo? Are we leaning that way, Struds? You are. Oh. What are you, which, <laughs> which way are you leaning? I think I'm leaning at taking a peek. Taking a peek, eh? Or taking a number. You know, someone tweeted at us out there. I think it was taking like... Taking a number? Taking, taking a number. Ta- taking numbers, mind. yeah. Or taking numbers. Yeah, I didn't mind that one either. Taking uh, but, numbers. Uh, but what is it that doesn't really... Like, it's not really in line with what the segment is. No. You take a look around like the league. Fighting. It's like something, take you know, it's like taking, it's like a fight. You used to say that, take the number, we'll get them later, right? Yeah. So it's kind of something that takes the number, we think about it, and then we get, we talk about it later. I kind of like that. There is a tie in there. Yeah, I don't think that's going to work. Uh, there was a good suggestion for a new name of the podcast, uh, Gout Your Back. I thought that was oh, a geez. funny one that came in there. That, uh, yeah, that's hurtful, I, guys. I don't know who threw that one in there, but definitely a bit of a, <laughs> I got to laugh at that one. All right, Struddy's World as well as uh, sprinkling the infield uh, and ask us anything still to come. If you own or operate a business, you know the value of a great employee. Just ask Shogger. 
Pathfind is here to help you find your next star player to help take your business to the next level. Pathfind can help with recruitment, career transition, leadership coaching. They truly have your whole team covered. Building you a championship caliber roster, find your team's path forward at pathfind.ca. The Edmonton Sport and Social Club is YEG's top destination for adult recreational sports. Offering over 20 different options, including ball hockey, indoor volleyball, pickleball, and now ice hockey for all you fans out there looking to lace them up for the first time or get back into the game after a few years off, like Freddy. Sign up by December 13th for the winter season beginning mid-January at edmontonsportsclub.com. Got some suggestions coming in on the stream. Let's try them. Time now for taking a lap. Time now for the backscape breakdown. Time for taking a tour. Not bad, actually. Not bad. They're all brought to you, Strutty, by... Our old buddies at uh, Backscape. This product is taking the online world by storm right now. It is everywhere. Get rid of your unwanted back care all by yourself with Backscape. The water-resistant rechargeable shaver coupled with the long handle lets you take care of business on your own. Shave in any direction with no bumps or cuts. It's easy. It's awesome. Visit Backscape.com. That's B-A-K-Scape.com and choose from a variety of packages and they can be delivered right to your door. Man, that guy is jacked. <laughs> he gets a, it's, It throws me off every time I it see does. him. Uh, by the way, cousin Steve was over the other night, Struds, and yes. uh, sent him home with a backscape. Nice. So we're going to have a full review from cousin Steve on the backscape here in the coming weeks. He's got quite the quite the uh, collection of hair on his back. I mean, I'm not going to throw any stones, but yeah, when I asked if he needed one, he said, yes, I do. And uh, he actually asked if he should take two out of fear that he might wear it out. And I said, no, buddy, these things are legit. So <laughs> Cousin Steve's Backscape review uh, is going to be coming up here uh, in the not-too-distant future. Where are we going Can today, Struds? Well, we're going to talk about uh, discipline in the NHL, or lack thereof. So let's mm -hmm. get to the first one that happened. It was uh, Jacob Truba, a player I love. I love that he's a captain of the Rangers. I love the way he plays. Um, and I, 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 ironically, the year that Yakupov was drafted, he was dra drafted by Winnipeg. But anyways, he was uh, involved in altercation. He, he slashed Frederick of the uh, mm -hmm. Boston Bruins. There was a big on online, obviously, not surprisingly, people were really upset about it. And he only got was $5,000 fine. Now, people were comparing this slash to the one that I actually witnessed on the ice between Martin McSorley and Donald Brashear. Who is comparing was, it to that? There was some comparisons to that. So oh, I looked at it. Me, my first, my first blush look at this, I was like, oh boy, that's a bad one. But then I looked at it again. I don't think it was as bad as people think. Um, I think it was kind of more of a rotation. He was trying to get it back into the back oh. into the scrum, kind of turned his body and, and hit hit uh hit him on the on the side of the head. Now turns out he's okay, Frederick. That's being said. So the yeah. five thousand dollar fine i am fine with that um it just doesn't look good but i'm fine with it shogger yeah i mean anytime you get a guy clubbing a guy over the head it's like it's gonna trigger something and people are gonna be angry right. it's a dangerous goofy stupid play but not all clubbings over the head are born the same yeah. Right, yeah. there are different ones. A two-handed golf swing is much different than what we saw the other night. It was kind of reactionary. It was kind of a, a 
I wouldn't even say it was a glancing blow, but I, I just didn't view it as an intentional swing at a guy's head versus your stick getting a guy across the head, and you definitely need to get dinged for that. So I'm kind of with you on that one, Struddy. It didn't – like when you think a guy hitting a guy over the head with his stick, you think malicious and like yeah. really, really vicious and intent to injure, and I just don't attach that same intent. You also have to look where the spread of the hands. He doesn't bring – I don't believe he brings his hands closer together to kind of get more – Oh yeah, leverage. Like I, I know when I wanted to slash, my hands are sliding down my stick or up my stick, so they're pretty close together, and you can absolutely unleash the fury on someone. Oh man, that feels good. That's actually one thing I do miss. But, dry saddle, eh? Dry saddle always does. He slides the hand yeah, and then gives yeah. a little. He did it again tonight. Did it again yeah. tonight. So you, 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 it's a little bit different. So five thousand, fine. I mean, that's nothing. It's a drop in the bucket, but I can live with it. Let's go to my second item now. This happened between Minnesota and Detroit. Uh, Minnesota has been having a bit of a tough goal lately. Um, Debrinkat is kind of skating towards uh, the, the kind of the benches in the neutral zone, and Hartman comes out behind him, and he slew foots Debrinkat. Now, you know there's there's no call on the play. There's two things I hate: hitting from behind and slew yep. foot. I think those are the two of the biggest chicken shit plays a hockey player at any level can do, whether it's U5 all the way to men's league U95, whatever it is. I hate those. And when I see those, when I was playing, I would get very angry and violent. Um, and and this, I feel the same way now as a coach. I cannot stand that. I don't, I do not at all like them. So for it not to be called in real time, I, I have a tough time with that. But the fact that it is going to go and there will be a hearing for Hartman tomorrow, I th or, or yeah, tomorrow, I think that that's a really good move by the league. And I expect a suspension from this. This this cannot be overlooked. I believe when people say slew footing's an accident, I don't believe it is. It is not. Like even tonight in the Oilers game, uh, Killorn slew footed Nurse, and he got two minutes. It wasn't as bad as what he saw in Debrinkat. So I'm not going to say that should be suspendable, but it is just a chicken shit play. It is just it's embarrassing, and I I hate those plays. So I hope this is a rather significant one where we're looking at more than one game. I think uh, the thing about the slew foot too, there are different like hitting from behind to me is always stupid and always extremely dangerous, right? Slew footing, I mean it's dangerous. Guys can hit their head, and it's it can be dangerous. But the ones that really bother me, Struds are heading into the boards. Like if there's yeah. any sort of momentum towards the boards and right. so the guy's feet. And, and in this case, it wasn't a catastrophic collision with the boards, but it was heading in the direction of the boards. And it was ne yeah. like, is it just me or as players, do you not know when you have somebody else's career in the palm of your hands, you right? Know. Either he's skating in front of you yeah, and you know if you give him a shove, <laughs> right? If you slew foot a guy when you're both heading towards the boards, there are certain times where you know when a guy is vulnerable. And when you, you know. make those conscious decisions, to me, it is as greasy as it gets. You, you, this is how you know when you have someone in a dangerous position. Because you've played the game so long, you understand what the dangerous areas of the ice are and what can happen. So I, I hated when someone went behind me and poked my legs out because I don't have control anymore. I'm out of control. Like So let's let's go look at the case today. Uh, Ratko Gudis, he went to play the puck kind of neutral zone and blew a wheel and went flying into the wall and hurt himself. Yeah. Like, that's that is not anyone's fault. That's unintentional. Maybe he lost an edge. He slipped on a banana peel. Whatever. I hope he's okay. But that's unintentional. Now, if someone provoked that, 
you'd be really upset. I remember I was playing for Chicago and I was going back to get the puck and someone uh, put their stick in my feet and I fell down, fell in the, in the wall and ended up breaking my arm. I knew my arm was broken. I was so mad. I got up and I thought it was one guy and it was my one hand on my stick. I was trying to chop the guy's leg. I was so mad. He's like, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was this other guy. A guy so named while Matt you had a while you had yeah. a broken arm, you were chasing yeah. a guy around I trying to chop him with hand, your stick? And I jumped and I was trying to break his ankle and I was trying to slash him. And uh, he's like, it's not me. It's not me. It's that guy. And I'm like, which guy? And he's like, Matt Bradley. <laughs> so I go, I go flying over there. I'm like, I'm just losing. And the ref, I, he knows I'm in pain. And he grabs me and I'm like, I'm like, I can't, I'm like I can't really say what I was going to say, but I was mad. And so I go off the ice and obviously my wrist is broken. And, um, and I was so mad, so mad. And so I didn't really feel the pain, right? You're just then, then obviously it came in and, but I knew there was something wrong. So. I was going to ask you, like you were aggressive on the slew footing tonight. I was going to ask you if this came from a bad experience during your career. I kind of sensed it might've. No, you know what? I don't, I don't think it ever, I, I can't say I was ever slew footed. Not that I remember. I'm sure it, maybe it happened, but mm -hmm. you know, like to be honest, I was a pretty big guy and, you know, I wasn't super fast. Like, not that I was saying I was slow, but I was, you know, I was kind of in my in my space and taking it on. But I remember one time in Sweden, um, I, when I was playing there, uh, we're, we're playing a game and I get hit from behind. Like, it's just, we're playing in summer. I'm like, what are we doing here? This guy just buries me from behind. And I jump up and I skate over to the guy and I cross check him as hard as I can. And he, big, big guy, doesn't go down. So now I pull my stick back and I, I give it the old dry side. I'll slide my hand down my stick and I two hand this guy as hard as I can. And this time he goes down. And I remember I looked up waiting for the rush and I, I must've looked like a madman because I remember looking around the ref. I looked at the ref and he was so scared. He's like, Oh my God, there's like, there's a madman loose on the ice. So I just skated to the bench or to the, the penalty box by myself and sat down. He was probably like, thank God. So everyone is in, in another people's building. They're whistling and booing me. And the ref just comes over two minutes, cross check this guy. I got, I, I should have been thrown out of the league. It was so dirty. And you and got two guy, minutes. Yeah. And the other guy got two minutes for, um, for hitting from behind. Coincidentals. I was like, you know what? It was worth it. We both got our money's worth, yeah. but I hit the guy so. I remember I came home that night. I told my wife, I said, I, because these kids were young, they're 20 years old. Like I was 35, I'm a man, and I'm chopping down someone who's like 15 years younger, trying to, like, well, not murder him, but hurt. I wanted to hurt him. I'll be honest, I wanted to hurt him because he tried to hurt me. And that's how I used to roll. Now did I'm you, a past pistol. Yeah, you're so much softer yeah. and gentler now. Yeah. Did you yeah. did you chat on the penalty box at all? Were you, no, were you a there was box nothing. Yapper? Oh, I was. Nothing? You know what? When I went over there, I didn't want to be. Every time I'd go to Europe, I didn't want to be that crazy Canadian. Canadian that was like losing Canadian, his mind. Yeah, yeah. Like another time, we're in Hungary, and I were playing there. It was my cousin. This guy tries to take my knees out, and so in the middle of the play, the kid he knows I'm mad. He goes and changes. I skate over to his bench. And I tell him, if you ever do that again, you're not going to play hockey again. I'm going to hurt you. And he never came out and played. He didn't play the rest of the game because he told his buddy, he's like, what's wrong with Stradwick? He's going to kill me. He's like, yeah, he will. And he didn't he play will. against this. He didn't play again. I was so mad because when, when you were trying to hurt me, I didn't like it. So to bring it back to the slew foot, I think you know when you're slew footing someone. And I, I just, it's such a dangerous play because yeah. the player you're confronting has no control over his body. I love it. 
Somebody trying to keep you a little bit honest here. I might have lost it, uh, so I can't credit it. But the point was, is if it was Connor McDavid getting hit in the side of the head like that, would you have felt the same? I've often, I've been on the other side of that, where I've said that, you know, some of the things we've seen against Connor or seen against Connor, I haven't mm -hmm. been that worried about. So, yeah, I, I just call as I see it. I, I can only express what it feels like to be as a player on the ice and what I think is very malicious and what it isn't. The Hartman was malicious. The on on the Brinkat, I don't believe that it was a similar for Truba, and nor did the league. So that's why there's different. Aiden chiming in, Hartman. yeah, yeah. ADN chiming in, saying, "Love tonight when Nurse got slew footed. He stays out for the power play and gets the assist on the Ekholm goal. The Oilers power play uh, striking. I, All right, I would have liked to know what he said. I want. I would love to know what Killorn said to Nurse because he must have said, "Hey, bud, like." Because normally yeah. it's it's six two. You're not going to be like, oh, thank you for that. That was really no. nice. But so Kalorn is not like Kalorn wants nothing to do with any of that. No, ever. but he. But it doesn't matter. It he. It doesn't matter what he wants or doesn't want. He started it. Mm -hmm. So the guy who is the victim can finish it. That's how I see it. You. It doesn't matter what you want or don't want. You've done it already. So there's a price to be paid for that type of dangerous play. Yeah, what I'm saying is my guess is Kalorn was trying to disengage and de-escalate. Oh, for sure he was. For yeah. he, he had to have. Yeah. That, like Darnell, he kind of got up and looked at him and he's like, okay, said something and it was down. Speaking of disengaging and de-escalating, was I the only one that thought McDavid should have got two for running over the goalie? Yeah, I agree. What why what why do you that? not think why do you not think he got it? Because I have a theory. I don't know, because they were so cordial and happy with one another and high-fiving and like everybody seemed fine. Nobody was upset. It was what's your theory? I don't know. I mean, I think it's because he's outside the blue paint. I think he was outside the blue paint. And Connor, I believe a skater should be able to skate through or towards the net outside the blue paint. And if the goalie's outside, I believe it's open season. It was right on the edge, wasn't it? Like, I don't know I'm if it was way outside it. Well, no, I think he was just, I, I felt, well, I felt like he was outside it. Yeah. That's because probably why. Honestly, because you can't, if you're, you, I think a player should be allowed to go in and around the blue paint. So not in, around the blue paint. If he runs in the goalie, that means the goalie is out of the blue paint. That's not his area. Like how far are we going to extend it out? So yeah. that's, that's what I think it was. Cause it, it was not intentional. That's for sure. But Connor had no idea that the goalie is that far out. JC says McDavid was just trying to ask Gibson if he'd consider coming to Edmonton and got a bit too excited. No big deal. That was Sprinkling the Infield, brought to you by Backscape. When we come back, Strutty's World, apparently he's sick and tired of it. Sick and bloody tired of it. Something to do with Jack Campbell, so stick around to find out. Are you ready to elevate your moving experience? Trusted for over 100 years, Ferguson Moving and Storage are your partners in relocation, ensuring your journey is smooth and stress-free. And say goodbye to surprises with Ferguson's transparent flat rate pricing. Contact them now for a free moving quote and use a promo code Ferguson to receive $100 off your next move. Visit fergusonmoving.com and let them lift your expectations. Winter is upon us, so why not make the best of it? Marmot Basin Ski Resort is where it's at. Ski half price every day, no blackout periods. Pick up your escape card for 99 bucks and make winter fun more affordable. Half the price, all the powder. Get yours at www.skimarmot.com.
when you make a mistake, heads should roll. It's not right. And I'm here. Someone has to put their foot down. Now that I say it out loud, it does sound a little crazy. Gotta look good. (laughs) (laughs) All right, time for Strutty's World, brought to you by DLR Vinyl fencing and decking they've got locations in calgary and in edmonton they provide beautiful maintenance-free vinyl fencing and decking materials the key is maintenance free right because nobody likes sanding or staining or painting the beautiful thing about this product and i've got some of it on my deck right now and in the backyard you put it in once and you leave it alone it stays fantastic it stays new looking year after year after year highly recommend going with maintenance-free fencing and decking and DLR Vinyl can hook you up. Rick runs the branch here at Edmonton or call Rob out in Calgary. And you can see all they have to offer, dlrvinylproducts.ca. That's the company that our dad started back in the day. And now uh, my brother's proudly running it. Struddy, what do you got, buddy? I'm not going to sit here and say that the insiders are wrong or that uh, the Edmontoners are wrong in what they want to do, or even the fans, what they want. But I am saying I'm disagreeing with all of them. So the, the, the word is out there through, through various you know, sources that the Edmonton Oilers would like to bring Jack Campbell back to get a look, to, to assume that he's going to be better. He'll be, just be cured, like the light has been switched on. He's been down there. He's, he's one in four. He's had five games at 16 goals against, one win in five times. His save percentage is right around 88%. What is going on with Jack Campbell or what, it, what is happening with Jack Campbell cannot be cured by just going down for a short stint say hey man did you learn your lesson and now come back out it's not that he wasn't working hard it's not that he wasn't trying there is something fundamentally um wrong with the way he feels about his game about the way his his his, his mental game is i'm not sure what it is but it is not going to be turned on and off this the idea of him going down and being there now for let's just say it's another week then he comes back up anytime before Christmas and things are going to be different. It's not going to happen. It does not happen that way. First, you got to get the mind feeling good about itself. And where and not, I'm not talking about mental wellness. I'm just talking about feeling good about your game and its own. And then you get the pads feeling good. You feel the gloves feeling good and have some good starts down there. It's not good. A period or two of good hockey. That is anyone can have that. Anyone can have that at that level. You need to have sustained success. So when he comes back up, it can be sustained. What people are suggesting is like someone who all of a sudden after Halloween tries on their pair of slacks, shorts, tight jeans like Shocker, and find they're a little tight. Did someone shrink my pants? No, no one shrunk it. You're 10 pounds heavier. So then you go to the gym one day and say, oh, they should fit tomorrow. It's not going to work like that. You're going to have to be disciplined. You're going to have to get on that elliptical. You're going to have to stop being the candy. Maybe go for a walk every day instead of just watching the Netflix. It takes time to change where you're at. Much like this suggestion of the tight pants after Halloween, it's the same thing with Jack Campbell. So the, I, don't, I can't believe that the owners would think about bringing him back before Christmas. It just, and they're smart guys over there, but it makes no sense to me, Shogger, and I'm tired of hearing about it. Leave him down there till the new year. Yeah, and I reported it um, the other day in a string of tweets I had about Ken Holland in the trade scenario and such. I said, do not be surprised if Jack Campbell gets another look here, depending on how it goes. Coming off that shutout, and then they played a few games here this weekend. I think they're going to keep a close eye on it. But if Jack Campbell, study 
puts together three, four good games uh, where he looks like he's playing well. Um, my sense is we could see him back up here fairly quickly. Uh, so that my you know my sense is that's not the headspace that the organization is at that this is going to be a two month experiment down there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I I just don't think you're going to see any change. I, I really don't. Now I I, I was um, very interested to see the reports that he brought Manny Legacy uh, or asked to have Manny Legacy, a guy he's worked with before. Yeah, yeah, he went to in. come down and work with him, and I like that. Like I I, I think. Like, so here's a question for you, Struds. Should he come with him too if well, he plays well and comes up? Because now you're getting into it a little bit. Yeah, that's that is <laughs> like one goalie coach is great. Two goalie coaches, that's a problem. Who's in charge? Who's doing what? Who's viewing who? And then people are getting their uh their shorts in a bunch because maybe they're cutting into their job description. Like it, it, it is really messy. And I, 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 I'm guessing the Oilers would love for Campbell to turn it around. And if if Manny Legacy's there and he helps turn it around, are you going to say, okay, Manny, time to go home again, go back to wherever he's Lansing, Michigan, and go over to that MGM casino and have a good time? No, I think you got to bring it back because you have a five million dollar asset sitting there that needs to play uh, and so play well. Part of part of the thought process is this. That to go out and try and find a goalie is going to require assets out the door. And I don't think they want to because I don't think there's any great deal sitting there for them. But they believe that part of the way out of this is internal solutions. That it has to be about internal solutions rather than just spending a bunch of capital and assets, which goaltending would cost you a ton to try and fix. Trying to erase the Jack Campbell mistake is going to be monumentally expensive. A buyout is like 10 million bucks or something ridiculous like that. How many picks is that going to cost? So they believe the solutions need to be internal. And if Jack Campbell shows like he's getting a little bit of confidence, I think that they're going to give him the look. I don't think there's a two month plan here. And, and, you know, we got a few comments here in on the stream. Um, K Gill 97 says, yes, bring legacy with him. Uh, Obifawan says 100% agree, Struds. Uh, the guy brings bad mojo. Totally agree with Struds on soup, says Quadi. Well, it's listen, this I'm not, excuse me, I want to be clear what I'm saying. I'm not saying that he's he's a bad guy or anything yeah. like that. I just know when you are a goalie and you feel unsure of your um skill set, it's not one game that turns it around. It, it is now you might look back and say, this was the game that got me going. Just like we might say that in uh, with the Oilers team and say, you know what, Washington, that might have been the team when we look back a month from now and say, you know what, Washington was a game that turned this team around. Or or maybe, and I was critical of it, maybe the third period in Carolina. Maybe that was it. We won't know yeah. for a month. But as a goalie, I don't know how you can look down and, and whether it's Sly Rodrigue or, or um, the goalie coach up here, what's his name again? Um, John up Blank. here? Yeah. Um, now oh, you're making God. me blank. This is embarrassing. <laughs> Dustin Schwartz. Dustin, Dustin Schwartz. That was, I just totally yeah. caught your amnesia. That's embarrassing. Yeah. So it, how are those two gentlemen going to know from one game? Oh, he's back. He, he, he's, it, you're, you're rebuilding a, a, a game. You're rebuilding the skill set of a player. I, I, 
I just don't think I get it. I I get wanting to build them in front, like rebuild from inside. Now helping that I think buys them time is the wins the Oilers are putting up. Right, five in their last eight. That does help. There's no doubt about it. But you 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 just you got to do right by the player because if you bring him up here and he lets in four goals on eight shots in his first game, <laughs> where is he at? He's right back where he was before he went through the whole process of sending the HL. So I'd be very, very leery of bringing him back. I, I said it before, and I'll stand by it, Shogger. I would not see him before at least Christmas, at least. That's Zuby, might, Zuby might have the save of the night, by the way, swooping in from the yeah, thank outfield you. there to save us with such a brain-dead uh moment there from both Struddy and I. That was Struddy's World, brought to you by DLR Vinyl Products. Zuby, you've been watching the stream closely. Let's get to Ask Us Anything, brought to you by Match Eatery and Public House. Holiday gifting is great at Match. Purchase a $50 gift card, receive a bonus $10 card, and two Match-branded beer sleeves. Gift cards are available in the restaurants and at matchpub.com. Match Pub is your ice district dining destination strutty we got to get over there try those wings they uh they one of our ad reads describes their wings and they sound sensational so no excuses during this homestand we're getting over to match for some of those wings i like it i i I've go there often before games so i love it we'll do that we'll we'll head out there before one of the games and uh we'll try them out and then we'll give give you a review on the podcast zuby how's everybody doing tonight Oh, good. Lots of fun. You know, it's always a nice night on the stream with a win. There's lots of good, uh, mostly happy people. Until we started talking about Dustin Schwartz, <laughs> that brings out a, for a yeah. lot. That's a real trigger for a lot of folks here on the stream. But I think we've covered that now. Um, Penner's Pancakes said, Hyman and Kane are pillars of consistency. Solid play from them tonight. And if I could just piggyback that, Shane Matheson said, Evander Kane, 10 hits tonight got the energy flowing and by the way that appears to put him in the lead in league-wide for hits evander kane good for him yeah those two guys i mean they they when when the two big boys weren't feeling it um those two guys have kind of been going at it you know bringing it bring the energy and now you add in connor and leon going uh nuge you know, finding a gear. The last piece of the puzzle for that top six is Connor Brown. He got on the board tonight, made a nice play to Kane, right? So, um, man, I'd love to see him score one. Like just, or even have a night, like a three-point night. You know, he, he just, just they got to get him going, get him scoring. And now you have six guys wheeling and dealing. With Yanmark back, that helps. At some point, Holloway will be back. Um, you can kind of start to see the way that Ken Holland envisioned this playing out. Did Penner's Pancakes get a mention from Ron McLean the other day? I thought I saw or heard or something like that. I thought I heard Ron McLean say Penner's Pancakes the other day. So I don't know if anybody on the stream heard that or not. But uh, let us know if you did, because I certainly did. Go ahead, Zuby. Um, well, well, let's segue into the Ken Holland uh, stuff there, as uh, uh, Struds just mentioned it. So Elite Gamer said... Do you think this, and by this I think he means this uh, res- little little resurgence here, do you think this affects Holland's plan to make a move? Uh, I'll take that one uh, first. I, I don't think that it changes the number of phone calls that you're making. I don't think that it uh, changes your sense of urgency to try and find ways to improve this club. I think especially because they won three in a row and then absolutely went right back into the tank and showed some of the signs that they had earlier. 
So, you know, it probably takes your sense of urgency from a nine out of 10 before maybe down to an eight. But if there's a deal that you think helps this team that isn't too risky, I still think you have to do it. I still think it's an inc- it's incumbent on him to try and help this group study. And a couple of wins here, I think, should take the wind out of those sails. Well, I think what does take, slows down a bit is that 97 is rolling because 97 is really – He's a cure-all, right? He's a cure-all for everything. So I, I agree. If there's a trade you can make that helps the team, makes that makes sense. That's the biggest thing. That makes sense. You don't want to just be throwing assets at the door. Um, something that makes sense. But I – so 97 seems to be going again. You know, I mentioned the guys that are rolling. Fogel, you know, McLeod, you know, hopefully he can get himself going. McLeod and Connor Brown are the two guys now I'm looking at. Those are the two guys. If you can get those two guys going before Christmas – and by going, I don't mean killing it, but I, you know, there, there's something going there. I think that it'll help. There was a play in the second period that I think is exactly what Ryan McLeod needs to be. It was I think halfway through the second, he used his body shield, knocked someone off the puck, and took it in the offensive zone. Beautiful. He was able to get there because of speed, and he used his body to knock it off. So I believe it makes it less. If I was a GM, it'd make it less likely I'm going to make a desperation move if the guys are able to keep clawing back points. Right. Night by night by night. Ryan McLeod, 15 minutes, minus one and one hit tonight. And one apparent normal hockey play, according to Jason Strudwick. Go ahead, Zuby. Notable. It was a normal hockey play. That is notable because it's him. Notable. (laughs) Uh, Davin and Bitumen uh, chiming in saying that Penner's Pancakes did get a a shout out from Ryan McLeod. Yeah, thought I heard that. Um, JL says Ernie was more noticeable tonight. Someone else mentioned him as well. JL adds, is this the end of the Sam Gagne experiment? I don't think so. I mean, there'll be ebbs and flows in the lineup. Some of these guys are going to play, you know, okay on some nights and better on others. I don't think there's a reason to declare anything at an end, Struds. No, it's, it's a long season. You know, we, we, it's just like when people say this is a starting lineup, but who cares? What's the starting lineup in game two or game five or game 20 or game 83, right? So um, he, he's going to get back in there. And Sam's a pro, and that's he's here. He's not here to play 82 games, mm-hmm. probably 40, 30, 20. You know, who knows what he's going to be? He's, he's the extra guy, um, and he'd understand that. He's been around long enough. Uh, a couple Obel- more, Zuby. Oh. Obelisk's uh, 21 says the Oilers managed to get quite a few line changes in in the second while on the four check, which is a key for them as the second has been such a bad period for them. Did you guys notice that? Yeah. Some long changes. It's helpful. I mean, I, I, the change does make a difference, but other teams are able to deal with the change, right? So you got to figure out how to change when to change. Maybe when you're coming up the ice rather than when you're, you're coming back and all those types of things. But you know, those, those, if to go back again to Hyman, I think we all know what my gem the day is going to be. When you take the puck deep and you get it behind their D men, now your opponents have a chance to, or your, your sorry, your teammates have a chance to change. How many times have we seen the second period where the orders don't get the puck deep and now it's back? It doesn't mean dump. He's carried it in, chip it behind the D men, and now it's coming back and gets jammed down their throats. My only comment on changes is they don't hustle to the bench as a team enough, and, and that trickles down from the top. Okay, one more, a quick one, and then a a little story setup. So Elite Gamer says, will you say that the Oilers are back if they can beat Vegas on Tuesday? Um, I will say that that is a giant step towards that team starting to feel normal again. 
I still don't think they feel normal. I think that it was so jarring what they endured and put themselves through for the first few weeks that it's going to take more than what we've seen so far for them to feel normal. I think that is their first chance to take a major step. Streds? I No, I, I don't think they're back. When they're in the playoff spot, I'll say they're back. Because okay. they, they, it's, you're so, it's so much work like to catch up what they need to do. And I'm not talking about a, a, a legit playoff spot. We're talking wild card spot. <clears throat> okay, I think we touched on this one other show many, many moons ago. But today's the anniversary of the Merrick Malik shootout crazy shootout goal when he won the shootout between the legs uh move and he was like it was like the 11th round i think that was the first year of the shootout i've got story time with struds queued up if we want to hit it i just oh yeah yeah what what you remember struds about uh about that uh here i'll cue story time with struds let's do it i love it look at this animation Young face, all that hair study. <laughs> yeah. Nice work, Zuby. So good. Struddy, take us on a journey, bud. Yeah. So it was the first year of the shootout. We, no one really knew what was going on. People usually went second instead of going first. But anyways, we're going against Washington, a young Alex Ovechkin, and we have Henrik Lundqvist in that. So generally speaking, you'd get to the overtime, and I would literally undo my skates because I'm like, there's no chance I'm getting out there. I am deep, deep in the rotation. So now they, I think we both teams scored one in the first three. Then it kind of started going on, and maybe got to the seventh. Someone scored again. But what happens is in the shootout is that the goalies are awesome the whole way through. But the players you put out continually get worse. So you go from Yager down to Ortmeier down to wherever. Like you're, It's a steep drop-off after about five or six. So now we get to the point where it's, it's getting down. There's like three or four of us. And um, they sent out – the capital sent out this guy, Brian Weir. And he scores. Mm-hmm. And there's like myself, Merrick Malik, Darius Kasbritis, and this guy from Fedor Tudin who broke his finger in that game. And my my I had redone my skates now up uh, like around eleven or twelve, and because uh, the trainer said I think you might have to go. I'm like, there's no chance. I'm like, oh, what if he's right? So I do him up. You went so did Tom your Rennie, skates? Yeah, I did. Because there's no way I'm going out. So Tom, like, not taking them off. I loosen them up. I feel like slippers. So Tom Rennie looks down and he's like, Strutty, you're up. And I pretended like I didn't hear him. I was like, I'm in class. Like, I don't want the answer. And he's like, Strutty, you're up. And he looks at me. He kind of gives me this one. Like, I'm like, what yeah. the. So I jump over. Now I got a score. The place is rocking. My teammates are walking back to the room. They're like, this is over. We're not scoring. <laughs> so uh, I get in there and I, I, I'm, I'm twirling my stick around like young blood. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm like, <laughs> I just remember thinking I have to hit the net. Make the goalie make a save, right? Like make a goalie make a save. So I go down there and I, 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 I take a shot. And I think I was going top shelf. I fanned on it probably. Went under his arm. Bang. Knocked the, goal, the, the bottle off. And I just put my hands up and I was so relieved. I wasn't even happy. I was just relieved because I wasn't the loser. They yeah. were like, couldn't keep this thing going. I go back to the bench and my teammates are running back from the dressing room, high five me. And it was just crazy. I smashed the wall and then Merrick Lee goes out and he did. And it was crazy. And it was like the place, the MSG is so great. The place was going nuts because it was like two worker bees that got it done. Right. And um, after the game, uh, the owner of the Knicks called in and said they wanted Malik and I to go to the next day of the Knicks game. And we sat courtside. <laughs> and they replayed this. And people were, like, chanting, like, Ranger. Like, it was just crazy. Like, it was such a great event. That's awesome. Um, and so cool to be a part of. And I'll never forget. I still get nervous when I watch the video. My kids will put it on every now and then. I still get nervous. 
thinking, am I going to score or is this the one I don't <laughs> score on, right? Like, and I never That's got used again. Moment. They never went on. one for one. They never, and the uh, coach never called it. I got ice in my veins. They never called me again. Hundred yeah. percent. That's that's fantastic. That's man. amazing. That's, I'm actually happy that I never broke because it would be fifty percent. Isn't as cool a story as yeah. I mean, right? Yeah. No. I, I, yeah. Don't just leave it alone. Yeah. Like, drop the no. mic and walk out on that a one for one career. Right. Uh, Zuby, let's do one more. Bison mask guy there was asking me, and he was begging you to ask because he put it in a few times. Basically, he was asking who was who was more disappointed: the orders with their start here or the okay. Elks in either of the last couple of seasons. Uh, I've been in both locker rooms and covered both teams. Uh, and thanks for the question. Definitely the orders this year. Expectations being as sky high as they were. The Elks, everybody kind of knew they were going to be crappy. They thought maybe a little less crappy this year, but still fairly crappy. So I would say based on just the sheer disappointment of missed expectations, it's the Edmonton Oilers and by quite a bit. That was Ask Us Anything brought to you by Match Eatery. Struds, time to wrap the show up. And as we do, we put a focus on our gem of the night brought to you by United Sport and Cycle. Edmonton's most iconic home for everything sports. Until the 27th, you can fl- uh, shop their Black Friday for amazing deals on hockey gear, stick skates, bikes, and accessories, and even more. So you've got until tomorrow, according to this promo. But they've always got great deals that are worth checking out down at United Sport and Cycle. Check them out online at unitedsport.ca. You got a gem of the night in mind, Struts? Uh, no surprise here. I talked about Zach Hyman was asked about playing faster. And he said, we did play faster, but what we did is we put the puck behind their D uh, didn't turn it over at their blue line or the top of their circles. And I was able to get our ground and pound game going. And that is the style they need to have. Um, and Zach Hyman is 100% right. It's not unskilled. It's just smart hockey. It's It's been a simplification of their game. And remember before, Struds, we said the power play wasn't working, right? When the power right. play wasn't working and the big guys were having trouble, what game do you have to lean right. on? What are the qualities in your game that when it's not going well, you can lean on those qualities? And I would submit to you that type of hockey is something you can distill it down to when things aren't going well. 100%. Well said. Thank you. That was the gem of the night, according to me. I'm calling my own number. What I just said. There you go. United Sport and Cycle gets two. Uh, Good job tonight, Struts. Thanks, my friend. Have a great night, buddy. All right, Zuby, good job by you as well, sir. And thanks to you for joining us on the live stream tonight. Or if you're listening on podcast form on Monday morning, hope your week's off to a great start. We're going to drop a podcast after that Vegas game. Big, big game for the Oilers. It's going to be tons of fun. And we will be here on Got Your Back to break it all down. Big thanks to our title sponsors, Sherwood Buick GMC. Chat soon, folks. Cheers.